I always thought having a baby would be really, really traumatizing because it was for my number one, number two. But for number three, when I did it on all my own wisdom, power, when I stood my ground, like when that baby came out, I felt like I was the most powerful being in the universe. And it just changed me. Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. What was your expectation of birth as a young girl? Did you feel nervous about the experience? Did you give the idea of childbirth any thought? What did you know? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 137 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and this week we have the amazing privilege of speaking with Larissa Paul, a mother of five and the creator of a new, powerful organization called Girls Who Know, where she teaches girls all about what their bodies do and what their bodies are capable of. We'll be learning how this organization was created after hearing Larissa's own journey and realizations through her five births. Now, if you're listening to this episode as it airs, I am so excited to let you know that this organization has enrollment open this week for their next class of girls aged 14 to 17, and classes will begin on August 14th of 2021 for this group. Before we jump in, I'd love to take a moment to thank our reviewer of the week, C.D.E. Han, who writes, yes, there is diversity in home birth. I love this podcast for many reasons, but one of them is that Caitlin highlights so many different types of moms and families who choose to birth at home. From super crunchy mamas like me who choose home birth from the start, to women who only reluctantly choose it, and everything in between, home birthing women are not a monolith, and this podcast showcases that so well. Thank you, Caitlin, for providing a platform to discuss all of the reasons that families choose home birth. Thank you so much, CDE Han, for this amazing review. If you would email me at Caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com, I would love to send you a Happy Home Birth podcast sticker. And if you're listening and loving the show, would you mind hopping over to Apple Podcasts and leaving a hopefully five-star rating and review? You're helping other mothers find this show when you do that, and I am so appreciative. Okay, let's jump in. Please remember that the opinions of my guest may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa, and this show is not meant to prescribe or treat. It's an educational tool, so continue to take empowered responsibility for your health and your family. Larissa, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have you here. I'd love it if we could start by you just taking a moment to introduce yourself to the listeners. Okay, no problem. So my name is Larissa Paul. Um, I'm a wife of an incredible, supportive, wonderful husband, and I have five kids. So I'm, I'm busy with that. Um, I'm a registered nurse who has kind of left their traditional system because I feel such a call to improve birth for women and the experience that women have. Um, I love to write. I love to hike. I love to be outside and I love to be with women. It's kind of a quick download on me. So I am the founder of an organization called Girls Who Know. 
And we're going to talk about Girls Who Know today, but the the overall gist of what Girls Who Know is, it's a place to inspire girls to make good, courageous, informed decisions for their lives. I love that. And I mean, it's such a necessary, you know, call to action, I feel like in, in our day and age. So thank you for doing that. And I can't wait for us to dive into that more. And as we, as we do that, you know, I, I feel like it makes the most sense to kind of start back with you. So finding out how girls who know came about why you found this to be such an important calling. What was your birth story like? Oh, thank you. Such a good question. Um, The birth story of Girls Who Know definitely encompasses all of my birth stories. Um, So yeah, I would love to tell you just, um, you want to hear them all? I'd love to hear them all. (laughs) Okay. So like I said, I have five kids and their birth stories are all as different as they come. Um, When I first had a baby. It was 16 years ago, almost 17 years ago. And I was very, very young. I didn't know anything. Um, I was completely ignorant of what to do or how to prepare. I didn't prepare. I just thought that you showed up at the hospital and people took great care of you. And after you had this wonderful baby, that's kind of the education I had. Um, So I did that. I showed up at the hospital and got all the stuff was recommended to me. And, um, we had pretty much every intervention that, that you can have next to accept a C-section. I did not have a C-section, but all the other stuff, um, I had, so I had Pitocin and an epidural and I got an episiotomy and they used forceps and they used a vacuum and I mean, so much stuff. And I pushed and pushed and pushed for so long. And my beautiful boy came and um, I felt, you know, of course, happy and I cried. And, but from that moment on, I felt very, uh, like beat up, I guess you could say like a truck had hit me. And, um, that was my welcome to motherhood. Like here you are. And I think, um, unintentionally, like I didn't even know. So subconsciously I picked up some really painful beliefs at that time about what motherhood is. And that honestly, that's just this time where you sacrifice yourself, like you give everything for you just for this little baby. And I, yes, I know that self-sacrifice is a part of motherhood, but I was really, really unhealthily believing that, you know, my life is now over. Like what just happened to me? Now it's all for the baby. Um, I got an infection afterwards. My healing was really, really terrible. My vulva was swollen like to the size of a softball. I couldn't sit down and no, and I was 19 years old and I didn't know that wasn't normal. Oh yeah. So I didn't even know I had an infection um, because I didn't know myself. I didn't know my body. I didn't know like even what my vulva was supposed to look like. I was so, so ignorant. Um, Yeah. So I remember sitting in my kitchen and my baby was probably two weeks old. And I told my mom, I was very swollen. And she said, like, I don't know if you're still supposed to be that swollen. And, and I'm like, no, I'm like really swollen. And I went back to the doctor and it turns out I had an infection and I was all inflamed and, oh, it was really, really terrible. (laughs) So, you know, that's the place of birth from 
a lot of women's standpoint, like a lot of women are there. They're doing the very best they can. They just don't know. Right. And that was me. Um, so I, yeah, I feel emotional because I'm like, man, that was me. <sighs> so, um, first birth ne- next time I'm pregnant, which was a couple years later, I was in school to become a nurse. So I'm like in the throes of nursing school, which was really taxing and, and really hard. And, um, we're sitting in, I was nine months pregnant and I'm sitting in my class where it's actually a maternal newborn, um, class, like giving birth at the hospital, a class on that. And, and they didn't say anything about birth other than the birth I had experienced with my first, just a medicalized birth. And I'm sitting there in my class, learning how to be a good nurse. And someone in the back corner of the classroom raised her hand and said, I just have to say something. And then we all stopped and looked at her and she said, I had a baby last year with no medication, all on my own power. And it changed me. Mm. And it, and I just like got goosebumps in my, I sat there like, what is she talking about? And she elaborated a little bit more like, like, this is something we can't ignore. We have to talk about how women can do this. And um, I would say something came alive in me. Like there was a spark of, ooh, listen, mm-hmm. you know? Like your intuition but, kind of popped up. Yes, exactly. It was definitely my intuition saying, girl, this is for you. Listen. Mm-hmm. And, and I did, but I didn't. I, I went, all right, I'm holding it, but I'm nine months pregnant and I'm super stressed in school. And I know that's going to take like a, a big thing from me. <laughs> to prepare myself. And so I kind of put it on like the back burner, like I'm going to explore that, but not now. Right. And so, um, I actually had a scheduled induction at that time because my instructors in school were super rigorous and they told me that I couldn't miss one of our weekly clinical days. And so every Tuesday we had like a 12 hour clinical day at the hospital and I couldn't miss one. So I had to schedule my, of course, I believed them. I didn't have any like personal power really at this time. I just did what people said. Right. So I scheduled my induction for Tuesday night after my clinical, because I thought that'll give me a full like six days before I have to go back. Oh my (laughs) word. Yeah. So crazy. But that's what I did. And I was like, I was like this powerhouse, like I can do hard things, you know, like just throw it at me. And so I can get through nursing school. It was really hard to get through nursing school with that birth. I ended up, I mean, this is kind of a side note, but I ended up hemorrhaging postpartum because I was, I was not resting. I was very much like my whole worthiness was tied up in productivity and, and I can do like 10 billion things at the same time and um, show the world what I'm made of. Mm-hmm. And it's so vastly different than where I sit today, but that's where I was 14 years ago. And so we had a scheduled induction and, um, I went into the hospital, they hooked me up to all the stuff, got my epidural really quickly, went to sleep. Cause we, you know, they started my action like around 11 or midnight 
Um, my husband and I went to sleep. And then in the morning, a nurse came in, woke me up and said, honey, your baby's head is right there. It's coming out. And I didn't even know I was sleeping as he was descending and crowning. And um, so instantly the room turned into like the chaotic mess that it is at hospitals. Um, everyone's like, ah, baby's coming. Turn the lights on, put, break the bed down, you know, call the doctor. Everyone's rushing in. And I'm just like, what? Like I was just asleep a second ago. Mm-hmm. And I pushed one time and his head came out and I pushed a second time and there was my baby in my mm-hmm. arms. And it's as much as like a lot of people would say, well, that's an easy birth or that that's a whatever posh birth. I felt a very, very big disconnect and was like, I don't think it's supposed to be like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're supposed to be sleeping and then then you hold your baby. Like, I think there's supposed to be something on my part. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Cause there was literally next to nothing. And here he was, and he was beautiful and, and wonderful and the sweetest baby, but that stayed with me too. I was like, mm, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I don't like how I, how I wasn't um, participating. So it was work. kind of, yeah, it was kind of like you, those first two births were very kind of opposite in in what happened to you yet both were like well this isn't right this isn't this isn't it mm, so true Caitlin I it's so true like my intuition always spoke to me mm-hmm. it always said something I just didn't know that meant something mm-hmm. yeah I didn't know that that was a valid piece of information and so I always said no like no, you're not the expert. Do what the experts say. Oh, it's heartbreaking <laughs> now, but, but man, my boys are beautiful. And, and I was, I was semi happy with their births. I mean, I didn't know anything different. Um, and then I was done with nursing school. I was pregnant again. I have five kids. So <laughs> baby number three, a couple years later, and I looked up the girl from nursing school from the back corner of the classroom and called her oh, and said, wow. yeah, I, I had no other contacts up to this point in my life. I had never even heard of someone having a baby without medication. Mm-hmm. I was very, very unaware that I just thought like, this was the new progressive thing that every woman this is like the cool thing to get all the medications. Why would anyone ever do it without? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I called there and I'm like, tell me where to start. I'm pregnant and I need something different. And she was a big fan of the Bradley method. So she said, find an instructor, start learning, start like you can totally do this. Your body can do this. And and so we did. Um, my husband and I got in a Bradley class for the first time. Here I am, baby number three. And the first time I'm learning like the physiology of birth and what's happening in my body and the things I can do. It was so empowering. Um, and, and just to think, you'd been in nursing school. You had taken yeah. nursing classes about birth. And yet <laughs> it's like, oh, now I'm learning about my physiology. Isn't that so interesting? Oh. 
I look back and I'm like, what did we learn? Right. (laughs) (laughs) What did we learn? And I can tell you exactly what we learned. We learned a billion medications and all the side effects from Mm. all the medications. It was very heavy on pharmacology and And so my sole purpose in other than like following the little ding of my intuition, my big purpose for this birth was I didn't want to do the medication Mm. because I now was informed and I was like, whoa, no one told me that that epidural could all the things that can go wrong. So I was just like, no medication. That was my sole objective. Um, And I kind of, nursing school did that to me. It definitely shifted me into a world of, that's not a cool system. (laughs) Like, I don't like all that I just learned. There has to be a better way. Wow. Hey, mamas, I'm going to interrupt for just a second to let you know that I have a totally new, totally free home birth guide for you. It's called the Top 8 Home Birth Resources Checklist, and it is full of clickable links that will take you to the best podcast episodes, educational resources, and classes regarding home birth in order to get you ready for this life-altering experience. Want in? Just head to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash top eight to get your hands on it. Okay, back to the episode. And so um, I prepared myself. and. And I still was a hospital birther at that time. I would never consider home birth. Um, I was like, totally, hospital's the safe way. Um, we got a doctor that was supportive, meaning he, I think he's a rare find, but he said, yeah, do it. You can do it. I'll, you want to eat? Eat. You don't want an IV? Don't get an IV. You're good. Just have your baby. Wow. And he starts to that. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I know it was Was very, it's definitely one thing to get the lip service, but then to get the action to back it up. Thank goodness. Right. He was, he was genuine. He um, promised me that I could do what I wanted. And he held that like he actually, so when I was in labor, we brought our food and we did like all the Bradley things. And we were totally this awesome team, my husband and I, and Mm -hmm. excited about like, what is having a baby? Let's try this. And then the nurses would be like, uh, I don't think you can have that right now because we're breaking out like our ham sandwiches and whatever. We packed all this food and um, and I was like, call Dr. Steele. And they called him and he's like, she can do that. And so, yes, it was amazing to have that validation. But second, like looking back now as the woman that I am, I'm like, that's so crazy that we have to get permission like that. Right. You know, like, right. Like, I can't say what my body needs, but the doctor can say what my body needs. Mm-hmm. And, and that's like, good. So, you know, it's a system that that's the best it can be in that system. Um, so we had the most beautiful, wonderful birth experience using the Bradley stuff. We were like, I feel like we were little babies now looking back. So this boy is 12. Um, but it was we did the stuff. Like I felt all the surges and I just sat with them for the very first time in my life. I'd never Mm. experienced this. And my husband was right there. Like he felt more informed because of our Bradley classes. And, um, when, I don't know, when I tell girls this story, I just say, I always thought having a baby would be 
really, really traumatizing because it was for my number one, number two. But for number three, when I did it on all my own wisdom, power, when I stood my ground, like when that baby came out, I felt like I was the most powerful being in the universe. And it just changed me. Mm -hmm. Like I never knew I was so powerful. Never Mm -hmm. before then. And I was on this high, like, oh my gosh, I just had a baby. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to shout it to all the nurses. And I got right up out of bed and walked to the bathroom and they were all just like, ah, like chasing me. Like, who is this woman? <laughs> We've never seen this before. <laughs> I know. Like, you can't walk to the bathroom. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just had a freaking baby. And I was so happy. And I peed and I went and took a bath and I just snuggled the baby and I couldn't stop nursing him. I was definitely like oxytocin. Woo! Mm-hmm. I was so happy and so proud of myself. I had never, ever known that was part of birth. Right. Um, so I was, I went home and of course I was changed. I was a, a new woman. I, that postpartum, I was over the moon, just so happy. And I love my, yes, I was done with school. I wasn't like hustling as much. I was just eating up being a mother and find, really stepping into the power that I had for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking about it. I often was like, how do we inspire women to step more into their, I wasn't necessarily thinking birth yet, but just their power as mothers. Um, Cause I grew up with a really, really um, disempowered woman who, you know, did her very best and still struggled. And I think that's the story of so many of us, mm-hmm. but I thought about it a lot. I just kept thinking and wondering like how, what's the thing? Why are so many women suffering and struggling with confidence and just knowing they can do it. Mm -hmm. They can raise kids. They have all the guidance and inspiration they need. Well, so it was on my mind a lot. And one day I was out running because I love running. And I had this like bolt of lightning inspiration moment that just floored me and like stopped me in my tracks and I realized it was birth we were missing wow (sighs) Mm -hmm. I had no idea like I can't even yeah I just didn't know Mm -hmm. didn't know that if women could experience that what I just experienced the trajectory of mothers feeling capable would just launch through the roof. Yep. Oh yeah. Had not connected that. The catalyst. I mean, it's it's the catalyst into that confidence. I love the distinction you just made between these concepts of being strong-willed versus being empowered and confident. That was such a mind-blowing thing that you just said. And I hadn't even considered it in that way, but yeah, so many of us will just dig in like, okay, whatever, this is how it is. Kind of like how you said with your first birth, you're like, all right, well, you know, this is motherhood. I'm going to sacrifice myself and I'm just going to do it and I'm going to do it great. And I'm going to do everything. And you know, nothing's going to stop me. Hard. I'm going to do it hard. And that's okay. Like, yeah, sure. You can do that. Okay. 
But (laughs) that doesn't mean that you are confident and that you are Mm. feeling the capability that you possess. I love that distinction. Mm. So, so true. Interestingly enough, like that, that confidence came and you know what happened to the hustle? It lessened. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That's super interesting too. Wait a minute. My worth isn't tied to mm. all of this. Right. Yeah. So do you want me to continue? <laughs> yeah, please. So I'd love to hear. So you, you have this, you know, this like light bulb moment of, yeah. whoa, it's birth. So then what happens after you have that realization? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I, I was curious. I'd say I just sat curiously like, well, that's interesting. I almost felt like it made it simple. Like, well, we can fix birth. <laughs> like, that's not a problem. Thank you for making that clear. And um, I didn't have a lot of time before I was pregnant again. So my first four are just two years apart. And they're all beautiful boys. Mm-hmm. And um, so I would say I was pregnant again with number four. And I just kept thinking, what would the perfect birth look like? The perfect birth, this was in my mind, would be everything I just had, but at home. <laughs> mm. I was like, what if, I'm like thinking ecstasy now, what if I just had all that, but in a place where I wasn't fighting? Yes. Whoa. And and my mind started to just go into all the best case scenarios. And um, I did find an incredible, incredible, beautiful midwife. I, I actually still had a hard time accepting the idea of home birth. I was still in that like very medical mind. Right. Um, yeah. You're a so, nurse. That's yeah. I, I mean, I, I was, was wondering like, like, how did you, what did that feel like to kind of start considering that? Scary. Mm. Yeah. Because it's all fear um, in the medical field. There's, there's no, uh, none of the evidence of like safety of home birth and um, not to mention like better outcomes of home birth. <laughs> like, <laughs> how dare you? There. <laughs> yeah. It's not even, it's not even talked about. It's just such a, it's such a like out in the woodsy thing that crazy people do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't really going there. I, I called a few midwives and I'm still kind of on my own navigating this. I didn't like have any friends that were doing this. This was just me and my family was not supportive. Mm. And you know, now I have a fantastic group of friends, but it came after I kind of plowed the road for myself. Right. Um, so I was just like literally Googling like midwives, question mark, like what's a <laughs> midwife? <laughs> Love that. I? Yeah. Like, midwives? This are something? they a thing? <laughs> yes. It, it terrified me, honestly, but I, you know what the difference was? The difference was I trusted that little voice more. Mm-hmm. So it was crazy. I was like, uh, but there's something inside me that says go. Mm-hmm. And before I would just like turn that off, scoot it over. And now I'm like, mm, mm, it matters. Yeah. It matters. So it's pretty funny. I um I had settled on the idea of a birth center because for some reason we feel like that's like more acceptable because it's a center or something. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're going it's there. A, it's a great, like, it's a great segue for people like me who were are super 
um, terrified of a home birth. Right. And so I had started with a birth center. I had um, just like picked one. One we had a, I was living in Salt Lake City and thankfully they have lots of beautiful birth centers out there. It's a pretty um, supportive state. And so I had like things to pick from. Um, so I chose one and I had started meeting with the midwives and paying the midwives. And, and then one day I noticed on my calendar that I had something scheduled, which was a midwife coming to discuss home birth that I had set up, you know, earlier. And I kind of freaked out like, Oh no, I already have chosen a midwife and I'm, uh, what should I do? And again, I like got back on Google. I knew this lady's name was Kathy. That's all I knew. So I like Googled Kathy midwife, Salt Lake city, <laughs> who who's coming to talk to me. She's going to show really up. Love, I love your Googling skills. <laughs> like my yeah. And I, for real, like, this is me on an early morning. I have all these little kids. I'm like, she can't show up right now. Mm. My kids are a mess. My house is a mess. And I'm, I'm not doing her home birth. And I called who came up for Kathy midwife. And it wasn't her. It was like some lady named Kathy who was a midwife, but not the right Kathy. Not my Kathy. <laughs> and so all I could do is wait for the doorbell to ring. <laughs> and it rang. Caitlin, the doorbell rang. And I was like, oh, crap. Because mm -hmm. I just felt so sure that I wasn't going to have a home birth. And I felt like she drove all the way out here. And oh. Um, but I went and answered and welcomed her in. And I just kind of was up front, like, I have to tell you, I'm, this is where I'm at. I told her, I'm sorry to waste your time, basically. And she said, it's not a big deal. I Tell me, tell me about your births. I want to hear your birth stories. <laughs> this is the first time that anyone had ever asked me to tell my birth stories. Wow. And so I started telling her and something happened, you know, something happened between us. And I'm like, what is going on? And she's like, I don't know. What do you think is going on? And I'm like, what's a home birth? <laughs> I haven't put like, into Google yet. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that is, but it kind of scares me. But at the same time, I'm feeling something with you. And, and she's like, I'll tell you all about it. And she introduced me to home birth. <laughs> and um, yeah, so amazing. There I was this like, I don't know, I was still very young because I had my babies really young. I was probably only 25 or 26, registered nurse, super like in charge of my life. <laughs> um, sitting across the couch from a home birth midwife who just held space for me. And so we hired her, like there was no, there was no question. I just said, I don't know what this is, but you're going to walk through it with me and hold my hand. And I called the birth center and canceled and got whatever refund I could. Mm -hmm. And man, um, that. I mean, I can't, I can't say much about home birth. You all, anyone who's listening to this knows. Mm. Um, it was really important that I was home with a midwife for that birth because it ended up being like really hard. Mm. It was the hardest of all of my births. And um, physically, it was very hard. I had like a 
presentation that was difficult to get out and he had a, a really tightly wrapped double nuchal cord and mm-hmm. so he wasn't coming and there was it was just hard right and I was so grateful to be home with a midwife for that because I did have some trauma after I had it was I needed someone that could like acknowledge me right and that would not have happened there's no way it would have happened at the hospital in fact Kathy's sure that I would have either had a c-section or or they just cut the cord while the baby's Uh still inside because it was very much not known until the end Um, yeah it makes me think you know you just said like I it was traumatic it was traumatic at home and you need someone to, to walk through that with you without adding more trauma yes yes because birth is birth right. like we don't know what it's going to be mm-hmm. and I had I had my expectations through the roof I thought it was going to be I told you like ecstasy mm-hmm. and it wasn't it was very hard and thank the lord that I had a midwife to hold space for that and to help me like process that as she came on her postpartum visits I was just so sad and um, because I had looking back it was all because my expectations you know when you have an expectation that's thoroughly unmet (laughs) you have a lot of like sadness and um, loss I guess even though they were like you rocked that you know from their perspective like you did this amazing thing but I just felt sad Mm -hmm. like really traumatized and sad by how hard it was so that makes sense yeah and there's just something about that I feel like I've been I'm sure my listeners are like about to roll their eyes because I feel like I've been harping on it for like months now but it's so important this concept of what is an empowered experience what what does it take to have an empowered experience well it's the balance it's the balance of doing all that we can do to prepare ourselves mentally, physically, Mm. spiritually, emotionally. And then the other side of it is acknowledging birth is wild. You know, (laughs) we have no control. We, the, the experience, the outcome, it's uncontrollable and it's unknowable. So to really capitalize on that empowered experience, it takes that balance of this, you know, I'm going to prepare and I'm also going to know that I can't know. Yes. And I wasn't there yet. I was still right. like, I was still thinking I could control the, the outcome. And I, I didn't even necessarily take great care of myself through that birth. I was still very much in the mindset that I was a caregiver. And like, I would worry about if the midwives were hungry and if anyone needed to take a break, like it's ridiculous looking mm-hmm. back. I'm like, man, what would, what would it be just to hold my own space? Like, what do I need? But I wasn't raised like that. And so many women are, aren't like, right. we think our job is to take care of everyone else. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even, I don't know that I necessarily even knew my own needs. If you asked me back then, right. Um, like, I didn't know. I thought, and I was doing the very best I could, but looking back, I'm like, man, there were things that were irritating me and I didn't say anything and I didn't like 
I just didn't know how. I didn't really have the skills as a grown fourth, four-time mom woman. I right. just still didn't have the skills to just speak up like, hey, I need this or I don't like what you're doing or that doesn't feel good. Like I didn't yet have it. And so thankfully I was at home with midwives, right? Because they're at least going to operate from a, from a place of respect. And I'm just grateful every day that that was a home birth. I don't know what would have been, the story would have been so different. And I would have that much trauma, like you just said, to process that much more added on. Mm -hmm. Right. So I had a really hard postpartum with that baby because my life situation was hard at that time. And I had this really unexpectedly hard birth and I kept reliving it and it would scare me. And um, the postpartum was just brutal. It was very hard. And so the blessing of that is I finally went to therapy after a year of suffering. <laughs> like mm -hmm. I was seriously just in, I can do hard things mode. Yeah. And I didn't ever take care of myself. And I saw therapy as like the last solution ever. Like if I'm going to die, then I'll do therapy. So, <laughs> which now makes, I'm like this huge therapy advocate because it absolutely changed everything for me. Oh, it wow. was, it was in every way therapy gave me my life back. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I I'm sad that I waited so long. Why did I wait? He was almost a year old and I'm like, still broken, like really, really broken. And my midwife was always supportive when I needed her. And at the same time, what, you know, what can she do? She's just holding space for me mm -hmm. in my journey. Um, and so finally I went to therapy and, and I had a lot of stuff I needed to learn. I needed to learn boundary setting with, with family members that, that I thought I had to still take care of as a grown woman with my own family. I was still taking care of other people like crazy. Mm -hmm. I had to learn how to listen to my own body and take care of me. Like I had to learn that I mattered. I guess I like, I always had good self-esteem, but I didn't know that meant I actually had to take care of myself. Like <laughs> right. that's just a different thing. Mm -hmm. um, I learned a deep respect for my body. Like I've never had. And I learned how to trust my intuition, like hundred mm -hmm. percent. And I had an amazing therapist that, that I still see today once in a while. Oh. So, um, let's see after he, and by the way, the, the healing happened rather quickly. Actually, I, oh. I ended up doing years in therapy because I wanted it. Mm -hmm. I wanted to like get to the bottom of the barrel and and heal but I would say after I had just gone to a couple therapy sessions I was suddenly madly in love with my baby mm. like oh my gosh look at you he was 10 months old and the whole time I had this story that he was so hard and that he hurt me and that I don't know just things that all of a sudden I turned and looked at him he's 10 months old and I was like look at you mm. You are a wonder. And he was beautiful and happy. And I'm like, where did this come from? <laughs> but I think it was just me. Yeah. I, think I just shifted. And, and he, 
from that day, he's been beautiful and happy. He's the most joyful, wonderful 10 year old that, that is on the earth. I think he's, and I just, so my heart just like, Oh, I love that boy. <laughs> like I missed you. I haven't seen you. <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. And I got to see him. I got to see him for the first time when he's 10 months old. So, um, after that, you know, it's pretty changed woman and, um, Kathy, my midwife had a tragedy happen. And so her, her like sister midwife that, that they, they went to all the births together and did everything was killed in a car accident really suddenly. And, um, Sterling was a year old and she knew I was a nurse and she knew I now had a growing huge passion for birth and she said can you come to a few births with me and I think you know she she's such a wise woman I think she knew um that I needed something maybe she didn't even know what it was but I became her assistant wow and and started attending births and watching her level of belief in me was life-changing like I was like oh something (laughs) again something's calling me here um she believed in me so much she would talk me up to all her clients like you are in the best hands with Larissa here she she just she can do this she can hold all the space for anything that happens with you and and I would listen to her like really you're talking about me um it was incredible it was like life-changing for me so I became her assistant. I started believing in me, um, started going to lots of home births and saying, whoa, this is like a thing. <laughs> this is a community. This is a world that I never knew existed. And then I started assisting another midwife who I got close with. And uh, a lot of my friends were like, um, can you come to my birth? So I started just being like step in doula for lots and lots of women of course doing it all for free back then because I was still learning how to like like hold space for my value in the marketplace right but I was a great doula um I yeah I just got to see lots of beautiful births and I was on my way to midwifery school my youngest was five now and I was like this is a new chapter this is really exciting here's where I'm going and found out I was pregnant Mm. <laughs> which I wasn't I wasn't planning on that mm-hmm. was like that, that was the past chapter I was now ready to go be a midwife um and so that kind of derailed me for a little bit I had it took some processing it was actually way harder than I thought it would be to have an unexpected pregnancy because mm-hmm. again my expectation was here and and it was over here right. so but I did, I processed it. Like I had the skills now I, I tuned into myself and I, and I talked to myself a lot and I talked to this baby and why are you here? And just learning what she had to teach me. And I didn't know it was a girl. Um, I knew, I'll tell you what I did knew. I, I knew of my power by that time. Um, I knew I had a lot more skills to navigate my life. Like, like all the things I just told you, I learned in therapy mm-hmm. and I knew that respecting myself was number one and honoring myself with like so much love that came first. 
And so I ended up seeing this pregnancy as like a, let's do it again. Let's, let's like restart. Try number what I try number two, even though it was number five. Right. Like, what would you do now as a 32 year old woman? And just like, just start over. Let's see what birth and pregnancy looks like. Mm-hmm. And um, it was amazing. It was so wonderful. I had the birth itself was, was hard, but beautiful and powerful and in every way healing. I had hired a new midwife because I just felt my intuition saying for some reason I needed a different one. Mm-hmm. And um, she was exactly the, the balance that I needed. I, I was super in charge. Like I'd never been like in my postpartum visits, I would say, Hey, here's what happened to me. We're going to do this and this because I need this and this. And mm-hmm. I had never done that before. Wow. And it felt like just stepping into this Larissa that I didn't know existed. Like I can be the boss. Mm-hmm. And I was, even though, like you said, I was the boss, but I wasn't because I was also trusting that this could go anyway. Right. But what I have control over, I'm going to freaking take control over. Yeah. Like, who's That's in it. the room? Yeah. Like, I can decide what, who's in the room. I can decide when they're touching me and when they're not. Mm-hmm. I can decide what I want to be listening to and not listening to and where I want my body to be sitting. And, and I just took full charge of all of it. Like, like so passionately. Mm-hmm. And her birth was absolutely healing. And out comes this girl. I had, because I was an unexpected pregnancy, um, I just kind of was like, let's just stay on that train and not do anything to intervene, nothing. And so I didn't have, for my first time, I didn't have an ultrasound. For my first time, I had no vaginal exams or checks or cervical checks, like nothing. (laughs) I never take a pregnancy test. Wow. Um, It was really cool to just be like, what was birth like before? Mm-hmm. Um, and I almost caved with that. She was coming up on like, I think I was 41 and a half weeks and it was August and I was so hot and so done. And I called my midwife and this may be the reason I needed this particular midwife right here. I said, I don't think it's going to work. And I think you might like need to do something because mm-hmm. Every other time someone had done something like even my, my home birth midwife with number four, we did like a sweep of the membranes and, you know, we like, we did soft things to make Mm -hmm. it happen. And, and I wanted this new midwife to do that. And she said, Larissa, I can do that. I can, but I think you're going to be a midwife someday. And I think that you need to believe that this works. Mm. Wow. Oh, yeah. So I just like cried and said, you're right. I do need to believe it works because I'm still scared that it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And so she didn't come touch me. She just said, I'm here. Call me. Call me if you want me there, but I'm going to stay home. And, And my baby came a few days later and no one had ever touched my body ever. Like, well, I guess she, she listened to the baby's heartbeat, but just the fact that no one had ever checked the dilation of the cervix, not once, and a baby was born, <laughs> was like, <laughs> to a nurse, that was just, just like mind-blowing, mm-hmm. you know? No one did anything suddenly, and I birthed this baby, and she was a girl, and 
that just like, that's a whole different podcast story. It, it was, it was a shift for me to have a girl in my care. Um, I hadn't up to that point. And so I got deep into raising her and deciding what kind of a mom I want to be for a girl. And um, I decided not to go to middle free school then and just really focused on my kids and had a lot of healing to do in therapy with my own mom stories and my girl stories and all the stuff. Right. And, and I did it. That was like my work. I worked super hard on all the, the trauma and pain and the stories I had that were limiting to me. Um, so then let's like, so she's almost five. Mm-hmm. Um, about a year ago, I was like itching to get back. Like birth world is calling me. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was two years ago. And I found evidence-based birth and liked them. I like how she's a nurse. I like how she um, actually helps nurses understand the safety of so many things that we think are unsafe and the unsafety of so many things we think are safe. Right. Um, I really like her, yeah, her platform. And so I became an instructor for evidence-based birth and started teaching her classes and um, just here in my community, but I learned a ton from that experience. First of all, I learned how bad it really is. I didn't necessarily know. I just knew my experiences and the friends that I had seen. I didn't know how bad the statistics really are. You know, they're, they're really bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I didn't know that as a nurse, because we don't know. Right. Um, we're just doing the traditional thing. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, doing my job. Yeah, we just do the job and we know what's right. So we do what's right, which is actually not what's best. (laughs) Um, I was trying to find my place for sure. I taught a few classes here and I was like, oh, still feeling like, I don't know if this is my potential, but I'm learning a lot. And I was on the phone with one of my best friends, just talking about life, catching up. And this kind of just poured out of me. I'm like, you know what I just want to do? I just want to teach girls. I just want like girls to be in front of me and I can tell them all about their bodies and I can tell them all about birth and I can tell them about using their voice and trusting their intuition and believing in their power, like stepping in their power. And it just like poured out of me (laughs) and my, and then I stopped and my friend is like, why don't you do that? And from that moment on girls who know was born. I, I, there's nothing like being completely aligned with like what you're called to do. Right. Um, I was just like full of power and inspiration was just flowing through me. I had so much energy and passion and it was different than like nursing school hustle. Mm -hmm. This was like, this didn't feel like a hustle at all. It felt like I was being blown by a force bigger than me. Like I wasn't even struggling. And I just in six months time came up with everything we would need for an organization that teaches girls all the stuff wow. that I didn't know. Um, so we had everything, the licensure, the website, all the courses, everything was developed in six months, which just tells me that, you know, it was bigger than me. Right. It was obviously bigger than me. I was being oh. carried. That's amazing. <laughs> that is incredible. And yeah, what, I mean, a six month gestation, holy cow. <laughs> yeah. From the moment we had the phone conversation to launch day was six months. And um, 
I took the information and I, what I thought would be awesome. And I did some practice groups. I took it to some high schools here and like taught the girls about birth. Like, did you know? And I told them all this stuff that no one ever tells them how incredible it is and how your body knows what to do and how you have rights. Like you have rights. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're a human being. And when you walk in the hospital, it doesn't change any of your rights to say no. And, um, and it was like magic. These girls just lit up and they were asking so many questions and they were hungry. Like I've never seen like, tell us more, tell us more, please. Cause they're terrified of birth. You know, all they hear is fear and bad story after bad story after bad story. And so here I come in like, girls, you can do this. This will change you. You will not be the same after this happens. Like you have to do this. This is such a gift for you. And, um, I had a couple groups that I like piloted at my house I just gathered like 19 and 20 year old girls and started telling them the same information um and everybody ate it up I mean I just started getting testimonials back from girls like uh, I never wanted to have kids and you you've given me a new look on it like maybe I'll maybe I'll consider it down the road um one girl said this is seriously changing my trajectory of my career wow like, yeah, I never knew that midwives were a thing. I'm like, me either. <laughs> it's all good. There's still time. And these are high school girls mm-hmm. who are just, they still have the whole world, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I had girls, because I'm really big on like honoring yourself. And so I had girls who, that was the big shift for them. And just like looking in the mirror and saying, oh my gosh, look at me. There I am like seeing themselves for the first time changed their lives. And they told me nothing was the same. Wow. Which is what happened to me too. Like, yep, we're pretty amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So I created girls, who know, and I'm inviting all girls, all girls and their caregivers. I feel like we can educate the girls. We can't leave the caregivers behind either because my mom didn't know. Mm-hmm. and and there's such a there's such an influential part of these girls lives and so if we can um educate together they can grow together they can step into their power together um claim all the birthrights of love and that are just sitting here waiting for them mm-hmm. together um i feel like it can heal the world oh i i completely agree and i think that that is such an important piece that you're bringing up about, you know, educating their moms, educating their caregivers. Because one thing that I think about is, um, you know, my mom had all of us as C-sections and she didn't feel like she could have us any other way. And, you know, thank goodness for C-sections, obviously like life-saving stuff there, but the disempowerment that she felt because she just, she didn't think her body would work you know, yep. so she just had these C-sections. When I started becoming interested in home birth, it could have been a, you know, a disconnection between myself and my mom. You know, it could have been like, well, I didn't do it that way. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. but she, it wasn't, it wasn't. And she was like, whoa, this is so cool. Tell me more. I wish I would have known about this when I was younger. I'm so glad that you have this. And 
I mean, she's a huge home birth advocate. Uh, so, and so the ability to wrap the the mothers lovingly in and say like, uh, does it matter what, you know, it, it's okay. Your experience is okay. And your experience is valid. And here's this information. You can come alongside your daughter and support her. Oh, yeah, I, I just love that. <laughs> oh, me too. My heart is there, you know, the other half of the birth story of girls who know that we won't tell is my childhood and my story, like where I came from. I have a deep love for moms and wanting them to know, like, know all the stuff that I know now. Right. And so it is, it's just as much for the caregivers as it is the girls. Mm -hmm. um, everybody that comes, so everybody that takes a class gets a, one of our purple wristbands and on the wristband, it says, I know. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like if we, that can be individual to the girl, what, what made the most impact on her? What does she know? I don't care what it is, but she knows something, mm -hmm. you know, I'm tired of like all of us, us and our mom saying, well, I didn't know. Mm. I didn't know. Cause that is the story. Like women still my age say, well, I had a C-section and then they put a period at the end of that. Mm -hmm. They think that's, that's the end of their chance to experience anything. Right. Um, so we don't know. Um, so that's, that's girls who know, um, the one more beautiful thing about the program is I wanted to be able to say yes to every single person who ever finds us. And so we created a scholarship program mm. where either girls come in and they fund their own education or they just apply for a scholarship. It's super easy. You just fill out the form on the website. And we have so many donors who are just willing to fund this for the girls. Like people believe in this. Yeah. People know this is important. And so it's like the best of every world. Like there's a place for people who want to donate and don't have a girl in their care. There's a place for people who have a girl in their care and can't like afford to pay for their class. Or there's a place for people who are just like, yeah, bring it on. I want to buy these classes. Um, everyone, there's a place for everyone here. Oh, that's amazing. Well, Larissa, as we wrap up, where can my listeners go to sign up, to donate, to learn more? Let us know yeah. where everyone can find you. <laughs> okay. So it's all on girlswhoknow.com and you'll see everything, all of it right there on the front page, like where you can apply for a scholarship, where you can register for a class, where you can donate. Um, we're also on Facebook and Instagram girls who know, um, I think that gives you everything, oh, but girls who know.com is like the, the resource for it all. Right. The hub. Oh yeah. goodness. That is amazing. I cannot tell you how excited I am for what you're doing, what you're accomplishing and what you're providing the, the community, just this community of young women and, and adult women. It's it's wonderful. It's so exciting. And I just can't thank you enough for doing it. And then I can't thank you enough for coming and sharing it with us here on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you so much, Larissa. Oh, thank you. It's a privilege. Honestly, it's, it's God's work. I am so blessed to be in it and I'm working hard. It's just bigger than me. I can't like go without acknowledging it. It's bigger than me and it's a privilege. So I'm privileged to be here and thank you for having me. Thank you.
I am just blown away by Larissa, her story of growth and her journey to where she is now, along with what she has been able to create for girls who need to hear that they are capable. What a life-changing program. As we head into this week's episode roundup, I feel like I could touch on so many different aspects, so let me try to narrow it down. Number one, although it took Larissa two births to begin to tap into it, I love hearing how her intuition told her something was off about her experiences, how something told her to dig deeper. We as mothers do have access to our mama gut and what a gift it can be when we choose to listen, even if it's saying something we aren't expecting. Number two, this differentiation between being strong-willed and tough versus having confidence in who we are and what we're doing. So often we as mothers think, I can do it. I'll just will myself through it and make it happen. I know I'm a major offender on that front. But is that where we really want to be? There's so much more empowerment when we can step into the confidence of our motherhood, where we're mothering from a place of rest, from the perspective that the end goal isn't to do it all and hustle for the sake of hustling. And finally, Larissa mentions how with her first two births, she just didn't know. She had no idea what her body was capable of, what it could do. And isn't that where so many women and girls are today? It's exactly why Girls Who Know is such a powerful concept. Larissa is now able to be just like the nurse who stood up in class and told the room that mothers can give birth unmedicated and without intervention, and it can be life-changing. Larissa is able to impact the trajectory of so many young women simply by exposing them to the fact that their bodies were innately designed to work. What a gift. If you've got a girl and you want her to know, or if you'd like to sponsor the education of girls, be sure to check out Larissa's website, girlswhoknow.com. It's linked in the show notes. Okay, my friends, that's all I've got for you today. I'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.